When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back into another Auburn Live Modcast. Appreciate everybody for joining us. I'm Justin Hokinson. With me, as always, in the Modcast, Jeffrey and Cole Pinkston. Um, we'll get into some picks and all that good stuff. Real quick, go to auburnlive.com. If you're not a subscriber, if you're catching us on YouTube or whatever, please go check it out. It's $1 for a month. Um, it'd be a good time. Auburn's about to play a bunch of SEC football games. There'll be some big recruiting weekends in there as well. Um, so it'd be a good chance to go pay a dollar and get a month. It'd be a good good next month to do it if you can. Go to AuburnLive.com and uh, and subscribe, please. People do the right thing. Jeffrey Cole, how y'all doing? Fairly well, big dog. How are you? Good. Hanging in there. Same. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I think I'm over that cold, Jeffrey. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, a little on, better on the mend. On the mend. All right. Sucker will it, it would it'll stick with you, won't it? Yeah, sure will. Well, my head cold never hurt nobody. Um, all right, let's as we always do. Let's do. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of Auburn, Texas A&M. Obviously, as we always do. If you never listen to the podcast before, we're we're pretty much just preview the uh, the upcoming game, which will be Auburn at Texas A&M on Saturday, and anything else that comes to mind. But as we always do, we start things off with prize picks who's a sponsor of ours and kicking around some numbers and stats and things like that. Um, prize picks. We love some prize picks on this show, people. Uh, if you, a lot of people have joined us. If you haven't, go check it out. Prize picks, man. All the first-time users, uh, up to 100 bucks, they'll match your first deposit. That's a big deal. Use our promo code WARREAGLE, all caps, one word. Go to prize picks, download the app. Get logged in, get you an account set up, and then use the uh, the promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word, and they will match up to a hundred bucks. So if you put in a hundred bucks, they'll give you another hundred bucks. Uh, how does it work? You pick two to six players, and they will go. You, all you're doing in here is picking more or less. They're going to set set a uh, set a number for yards, uh, Peyton Thorn passing yards, Jarquez Hunter rushing yards. They've got a lot of Auburn picks this week against Texas A&M. All you do go in there, pick more or less, whichever one you think they're going to do, and um, you can win up to 25 times your money on any in, on any entry. Um, in the state of Alabama, you've got to pick combo squares. So you're picking like, uh, you know, Peyton Thorne and Bo Nix combined to pass for more than, you know, 375 or whatever the line is this week. But uh, uh, this week, a lot of Auburn, a lot of Auburn flair in, in, in prize picks this week. You've got Peyton Thorne, uh, more or less 172.5 passing yards. You got Dark West Hunter. 54.5 rushing yards. Uh, Jay Fair is in there. Shane Hooks is in there. Rivaldo Fairweather is in there. I thought it would be fun to kind of get everybody's opinion on this uh, this uh, this mark for Peyton Thorne at 172.5 passing yards. I tell you what, man, this offense to the day, to, to this point, is not what I was expecting from Hugh Freeze. I was expecting more down the field passing 
And we saw that against UMass. We saw it a lot more against Sanford, but against Cal, I think he, I think Hugh Freeze even admitted three down the field passes, which I think one was a first down to Rivaldo Fairweather on third and long. I think another one was a long pass, long touchdown pass to Rivaldo Fairweather. I can't recall the other one, but I trust that it was there. So when, uh, so against a big, a power five school at least, Auburn has not at Cal. There's only one game, but they have yet to, uh, to really throw the ball down the field. 172.5, Cole, do you think that's a fair number? I'm taking the more. I think so. You would like to think, right? I think you, so. If you're a fan, you're, you hope so. Yeah, I, I mean, I just did the scouting report on Texas A&M's defense, and, and the, the, the last thing you want to do is run right at them. Hmm. Uh, that wouldn't be smart. I don't think. I think their defensive front seven is about as good as it gets talent-wise. So you're going to have to throw the football in this game. Uh, for that reason, I say more. Okay, Justin. Yeah, I'm going over too. Um, I'm going over 172. I mean, I think you'll see more of what you saw against Sanford. That's going to be more what they want to do. Uh, Peyton Thorne was five of seven, I think, on 15 plus yard passes against Sanford. Mm-hmm. I think you'll do. I think you'll see more of that. I think they'll take take some more shots and have to open it up in these SEC games. I mean, you're going to have to score. Um, you're going to have to score points. And the way they're running the ball is not super encouraging. I, I think they can be good running, but they're not mowing anybody down by any means at, at the moment. So I like the over there. I think they're coming off a good game, encouraging game where the receivers are finding some confidence. So yeah, I'm thinking he throws for, you know, two plus. Two plus, something like that. The, uh, you, you kind of hope so. And listen, Peyton Thorne throws a beautiful deep ball, right? He throws a beautiful yep. deep ball. Yep. And Jarquez Hunter, with Auburn doing more of a running back uh, by committee approach so far this season, or the last two games when Jarquez has been in there, you've got Damari Austin to account for when you're when you're picking more or less here on Jarquez Hunter at fifty four point five rushing yards. Gold, you even said the front seven at Texas A and M is. Obviously, the best Auburn has seen this year with a new offensive line this year. 54-and-a-half, it's a good line for me because it makes me go, I really don't know. I mean, there's I, I could see it going more because Jarquez Hunter is due for a big run. I mean, hell, you get you, you bust off a 25, 30-yard run, and now you're, you know, two first downs from, from going over 54-and-a-half. So, I'm, I'm kind of uh, – I don't really know what to think about that. you got to think Damari Austin's in there. Jeremiah Cobb's going to get a couple of touches. Brian Batie might get a couple of touches. Where do you stand on that one, Cole? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of a gamble, but I would go more on that. And, and my reasoning is, number one, I think – I just feel like this game's going to be a little bit longer for Auburn. I do think it's going to play out a little bit longer. They'll get some more plays in there. I think that is a – you know, I think that's – something they want to accomplish is getting more plays on offense. So if that's the case, he's got more of a chance to do it. But also, uh, if A&M's front's as good as I think they are, I think they're going to try to spread it out formation-wise. And a couple, and I, I said, I think I said this on Justin and I's show earlier in the week, I do think some bigger runs will pop off in this game just because of that. I don't know if they can, you know, I don't know if they can consistently punch it in the end zone, but I do think that they're going to get some bigger runs in this game for that reason. And I think they've been holding back on that a little bit. That's just my theory. I don't know that for sure. But for that reason, I'll go more. And I think it's just slightly more. Uh, like I said, it's a little bit of a gamble there. 
Yeah, I think I'm right in line with you, by the way. I think 54 – I mean, based on what we've seen the first three games, 54.5 from Jarquez seems like almost right on the money. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I would – I guess the only optimistic – if I were to say he was going to go a, a good bit over is he's now two games back in. Freeze talked about him being rusty. Getting back into SEC play, does he find his legs a little bit and, 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 re, and revert back to the Jarquez Hunter we've seen in the past? But – I mean, like you mentioned, uh, Jeffrey, and, and we and we talked about earlier in the week and wrote about, um, it's running back by committee. I mean, Demari Austin's a good player. Jeremiah Cobb's going to get his touches. So, given the given the landscape, there's just a, a running back getting 20 carries just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And so you're you're thinking, how does Jarquez get 75, 80, 100 yards on 14ish, 15 carries? Maybe it, it, it's tough. It's gonna be tough. So I think fifty-four and a half is like right on the number um, for what for what he's gonna get. I think the difference would be if one of those guys, Jarquez, would be the most likely guy because he's the starter, comes out and pops early, then that's your best bet because then I could see them leaving him in there. Like, whoa, Jarquez is feeling it. Let's leave he, him. In. That's him. your best chance to. Yeah, that's your best chance for one of these guys to to go off in an SEC game. Yeah, and I, I think Jarquez is due. He's a great running back. We we know that. Hell, he was a great running back when the offensive line was crap. Yeah. We feel like the offensive line is better this year. He's still a great running back. He is a little rusty. I feel like he's due. I feel like he's uh, going to pop off a couple. I would go. Uh, I would go more than fifty-four and a half. I, I think it's going to be closer to a hundred. I think Jarquez is due for a big day, and um, maybe the, maybe Peyton Thorne's passing game it helps open that up a little bit. Uh, Cole's report on the front seven at a.m. kind of scares me a little bit there, but. I, I like Auburn's offensive line. I think everybody's back this week. Is that correct? I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Stutz is going to play. I'm oh, not okay. sure if Stutz is going to play. That's that's very questionable. The good thing about those transfer portals, Auburn's recruited it so heavily and so well this past year that you know you're putting an experienced guy in there, regardless, right? I mean, you've got is it Muskrat ready to go? Yeah, Muskrat and Jeremiah Wright. They can play guard. So yeah, they can afford one. But, you know, Free said Stutz is the tone setter. I hope he overplayed that a little bit, and he's not that much of a tone setter. Um, because he said he, I didn't, he didn't like how physical they were against Sanford. And then he goes, and Cam Stutz being out was part of that because he really sets the tone. Well, so should, yeah. hopefully they get that fixed. And maybe if, you know, maybe they, if they're preparing to play without him potentially, maybe they can prepare for that. But, yeah, they can afford an injury maybe two on the line. I mean, you plug in Muskrat, plug in right. And if Miller were banged up, you could move Britton back out, and you've got those Muskrat or right at guard if, if both aren't. But that's about it. I mean, more than one or two injuries on that line, offensive line, and there will be a major drop-off, I think. Uh, so go to Prize Picks, everybody. If you haven't already, go set you up an account. Use the promo code WARIGLE, all caps, one word. They will match up to $100 to your first deposit. Some other lines for that uh, for that Auburn game, Jay Fair at 43.5, Rafaldo Fairweather at 23.5. Uh, Shane Hooks at 27 and a half. Go check them out. Make your picks. Uh, if you're in Alabama, make you some combo picks. But uh, appreciate your prize picks. Go check them out. Play with us. Prize picks. The app. Promo code AWARIGLE. All caps. One word. All right. Let's get into this. Texas A&M eight and a half point favorites. He was Ooh. seven and a half at the beginning of the week, so it's crept up a little bit. Um, it's an interesting game, I think, on both sides. I mean, look, we know the pressure that Jimbo Fisher faces. You know, after five and seven last year, they lose to Miami. They can't start zero and one in league play, or or the the, the hot seat will be at an all time high if they go zero and one at home. Um, 
I think I think it's an interesting game. I asked you, Freeze, on the teleconference on Wednesday. I said, you know, what do you think you know about your team going into this game? You got so many young players. You got a bunch of transfers. You got a bunch of guys who've never played an SEC game, let alone an SEC road game. Um, that's a different animal. What do you think you know about your team going in, or is this a game where you think you're going to expose a lot of good and bad? And he's like, you hit the nail on the head. He's like, I, the, the young guys, the transfers, he's like, I don't know. There's a lot we don't know about, about this team because there's a lot we don't know about this team. Um, he said, regardless of the outcome, he feels like the program's going in the right direction and all that good stuff. He really talked up A&M a couple of times this week. He made it a point to come out and say, listen, Hey, this is a roster full of talent. We're not there yet. We don't have this kind of talent yet. We haven't stocked the cupboard yet. I mean, he's he's made it a point to 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 toss that in there and make sure fans know, hey, man, we're the underdogs. We're you know we're we don't have the talent yet and all that stuff. Um, obviously, you want to win the game. What do you sort of expect, Jeffrey, from this game? And is there, I mean, do you buy into what Hugh Freeze is saying? We know there's a talent gap on paper. Do you think it's as big as what he's saying? And if it's a game they go in and lose by 14, is this is it one where you go, well, hey, you know, he said it, they're just not there yet, or do you think the expectations should be higher? Like they should go in and cover, and, and this should be a close thing in the fourth quarter. No, I, I I was surprised to hear Hugh say that because to me it's the truth, and you don't hear a lot of the truth coming out of head coaches like that, especially in a, um, a situation like this. But they're going on the road at A and M. Uh, they've looked awful in the only other road test we've seen. Um, so, to me, it sounded like, hey, man, before we go out there, regardless of what happens, man, we're, we're behind the eight ball when it comes to talent. We all know that, but it's, it was refreshing for me to hear a head coach actually say that. I, uh, I I watched A&M against Miami. I haven't seen them any other games, but just I remember watching them against Miami saying is they don't look great, but they look a lot better than what I think Auburn looks at that point. And and the uh, the game last week against Sanford, it was it was it was again refreshing to see Auburn kind of bounce back and look decent. And then you could tell that the coaches were they weren't trying to win that game eighty to nothing. They were trying to get better. They were trying to get more comfortable in the system. They were trying to get players more comfortable with their uh, within the system. It was obvious that he was running, you know, going to make sure Peyton Thorne felt comfortable before he went on the road. So, uh, but yeah, the, the talent gap's obvious. I mean, look at the past three, four recruiting classes Auburn's put together, and then you take – it really doesn't even matter about that because, hell, they revamped half the roster in the past six months. Uh, so you've got a, a revamped roster against a, a, a very talented uh, Texas A&M recruiting classes from the past four to five years. I, I thought it was going to be ten points. I think I thought it was going to be a ten point spread. I think it started out at five and a half, maybe six and a half, and it's jumped down to eight and a half, seven and a half. I've seen it kind of wait, well, jump back and forth there. Uh, but uh, I don't expect Auburn to win this football game. I think it's possible they can win this football game, but I don't expect them to win this football game. And I think he was basically saying, if we don't, there are reasons we're not. I tend to believe um, I, there's there's a little bit left in the bag offensively, which I've said a hundred times now. I feel like I'm on record on that. Um, so, you know, call me if I'm wrong on it, and we just see the exact same thing Saturday. But I, I do believe there's more offensively that can be done. Uh, I think on our on our board, somebody asked, you know, is this a high school offense? I don't really know how to answer that question. I, I 
I mean, high schools run everything now, you know, so it's it's not like it was when, when maybe Gus was there and you're asking, well, okay, well, the passing routes aren't very complex. I think they have been somewhat complex. The problem is they don't do it a lot, you know. They did the RPO probably 15 times in the first half and only dropped back pass one uh, two times that I counted in the first half against Sanford. So they're not showing a lot, in my opinion, because – your complex stuff comes when you drop back and you throw the football. And they're just not doing that. So I think there's more in the bag for that. I think that's definitely going to happen Saturday is my prediction. Um, I don't know if Auburn can win this game because I do actually worry more about the defense in this game because I like Connor Wegman. I think he's a good quarterback. I think they have some very talented running backs, Ruben Owens, Amari Daniels. Both of those guys are good. Tons of receivers. Evan Stewart is dangerous. Anaya Smith is dangerous. Um, so for that reason, you know, I think the talent gap might might prove to be a little too much, at least for the timing of this game. You catch Auburn later in the season, and, and, and maybe this line's a lot closer. Maybe it's like three. Or maybe Auburn's favorite, depending on how it goes. Right now, I don't like the timing of it. And it's the exact same way I felt about the California game. I didn't like the timing of that. And we see how that one kind of played out. Yeah, I don't love the timing either. I mean, I think you know, Cole. When we talked earlier in the week, I didn't, I didn't feel good at all about this game. I didn't feel good at all. I feel a little better now, later in the week. Um, I think that, I think the opportunity, the opportunities will be there for Auburn. Whether they take advantage of them, I don't know, because I don't know this team yet. I mean, you can only know so much against UMass, Cal, and Sanford. So there's just a lot that I don't know about what they can do in the in the spotlight. But I think the, opportuni- the opportunities will be there, whether it's creating some pass plays, some creating some, some plays in space on offense, or uh, pressuring Connor Wigman a little bit. Um, he's actually one of the more pressured quarterbacks in, in the SEC in the country right now, um, despite his really good numbers, which kind of makes his numbers more impressive, I guess. But um, it, uh, there will be some opportunities. Auburn's just got to stay healthy and, and take advantage of, of, of some of those chances. Um, First road game, tough. A lot of guys haven't played an SEC game. Peyton Thorne's kind of the X factor, which is obviously not surprising. Is the Sanford game, is that performance because it was Sanford, or is that performance because he just made a, a big step forward? And I guess we'll find out Saturday what the answer If it was, If it's him making a big step forward, no matter the opponent, great things for Auburn. That's a great sign. If it's just, yeah, he took advantage of Sanford, and you come back and it looks more like how, yeah, they're going to get beat by by 17 points in this game. But I, I do think the opportunities will be there to hang tough. We talk about talent. I saw a, uh, I think the blue chip stat has, um, I mean, A&M's fourth in the country right now, I think, in overall blue chip players on their roster. Auburn's like, tenth, I can't remember, 10th or something. It's about a 20-plus percent difference, which I guess equates to maybe 20 or so players on the team. But um, so it's – it's a legit. It's a legit difference. Um, the other thing I think is interesting is Hugh Freeze just getting back into the SEC. I put on the board um, earlier. I just was going back and looking. Man, he it's been. I mean, 2016 was his last year at Ole Miss. He played a couple. Yeah, you know, he played Arkansas and Ole Miss while he was at Liberty. Won one, lost one. It's been a minute since he coached an SEC team in the SEC on the road against another SEC opponent. Man, it's um, it's been a while. And I'm really curious to just see how it goes. I mean, you heard a lot about Freeze talking about 
difficulties giving up play calling and being uncomfortable entering the season, just just the most uncomfortable he's ever been, just kind of with everything going on, roster changes. And then you toss in sort of this first this first um, contest back in the SEC on the road. I think he's probably feeling a little bit of pressure, too, to go out there and have a good first impression for Auburn fans and people like that. I know talent-wise they're not there, but um, I think that's an interesting storyline to do to – to keep an eye on. Interesting enough, his last SEC win as an SEC head coach was at Texas A&M in 2016. You know, uh, I think the comment, Jeffrey, you alluded to it, where he's talking about uh, Hugh Freeze is going, look, I, I, you know, please understand, Auburn fans. Please understand where we are right now. Please understand with me, we are not there talent-wise. They've been stacking talent. We We just started, you know. All right. In my opinion, that was that was a really smart play because yes, there is some pressure on Hugh Freeze, but the pressure is on A and M. The pressure is definitely on A and M because they don't have that excuse. Hugh Freeze knows that they have been stacking talent. There's no excuse for them to to have the record they had a year ago, Jimbo Fisher. Mm. No excuse whatsoever. I mean that's. You got you got their fan bases in shambles right now, thinking what in the world? I mean, we cannot recruit any better than we're recruiting right now, and and we have no results. That's that's there's a good and bad side to recruiting. Well, it's hey, you better perform, or else your uh, your hot seat gets hotter for that reason. So you lose to Auburn, a you know rebuilding Auburn team at home in your first SEC matchup. That's not good. <laughs> that would not be good for Texas A&M. So there's the pressure. And I think Hugh Freeze added to their pressure by making that statement. I think it was smart. Hmm. 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 Well, he's certainly playing into the Auburn fans. And, I mean, you could go back to the spring. You could go back to I mean, the day he set foot on campus. He has been very consistent in saying, hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know where we're at. I don't – and we know when the recruiting class, when that signing class is done, he came out and goes – I think we've closed the gap, but I don't know how much. I think we've closed it a little bit, but I, I don't know how much we've closed it. I mean, he was speaking to booster clubs in the fall, some of the scholarship donors dinner, and I had some knew some people that were there. And he, he he was same thing to them in private, like in this private setting was like, I don't know, guys. I'm just telling you, you know, we we're gonna try our best this year, you know. Hmm. And uh, I know it's funny, like our fans on the message board. I don't think like. They understand it to a degree, but they also don't want to hear too much of it. And I don't know where you guys stand on that. I mean, it's the truth. I think he's speaking truth, but but I think they're like, okay, man, but like, we're not. How far are we? Are we that far away? And it's kind of making fans wonder, like, oh, okay, I know we're not there yet, but are we that far away, or are you just playing it down a little bit? Let's see. I, I get, I get where the fans mentality is there um, because instantly it's easy to go, well, he's preparing us for the worst. Like, yeah. Listen, folks, we're not going to win. And we're probably not going to win the next four games. Good possibility we don't. Yeah. And if we don't, it's not because of the scheme or the program. I mean, uh, it's because <laughs> we don't have the talent. We don't have the talent there. We're not there yet. And that's why I think, to me, it was refreshing. Now, I know as a fan, I, I would be going, man, dude, stop with the excuses, man. I don't want to hear it, you know. But that's the damn truth. It's the absolute truth. Again, I, Cole, I thought, 
I don't know if you meant to or not, but go put out another theory just a minute ago on this. Was it was it him saying, man, you know, they've got all the talent, all the pressure's on them. They're supposed to win this game. Absolutely. Jimbo, you're supposed to win this game, and if you don't, you're going to be on the hot seat, maybe even uh, talking about some oil money coming up to get rid of you. So the pressure's on you, big dog. That's I think that's a fantastic theory. On uh, can't discount it. But as an Auburn fan, I can see where uh, the coach would. You know, you're looking at it going. It sounded to me like he was preparing us for doom, and he was already throwing the excuses out there. I didn't see it that way, but I can understand where people did. Well, well, Jeffrey, you and I have have learned from covering him and recruiting for a little while now. He is somewhat of a chess player, yeah. um, especially with the media. Absolutely. So, to me, you know, Justin, we spoke to Eugene Asante. Uh, the media did after his big game against Cal. I thought it was very interesting that Hugh Freeze was up there first and said, yeah, you know, what the running back from Cal said, not a big deal. We don't worry about that stuff. Eugene Asante comes up there and goes, Coach Freeze was in my face before the game. Did you hear what that running back said? Okay, so he, he knows what he's doing. Okay, he knows how to motivate his team. He knows what to say to the media. He knows how to get the fan base on his on his side. And, and to me, that's masterful. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's wrong. I don't think he's said any lies or anything like that. I think he just knows how you know how to to get it, it to, to make everybody understand where he's coming from. I really do. I think he knows how to get everybody behind him for that reason. Um, and everything he says is 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 somewhat of a chess move especially in recruiting and the way that they finish some of these recruitments. Uh, so I think he's doing the same thing with the games, with the big stretch you got coming up. You know, I don't think he likes the timing of this either. I think he'd much rather this, this stretch be in the, in the back half of the schedule, like we talked about before. Hugh Freeze is the most media-savvy head coach Auburn has had since Tommy Tupperville. Everything Hugh Freeze does with the media is deliberate. It's intentional. Yep. He's not getting you know, up there just being you know, honest and genuine. He said that statement for a reason. He made that statement for a reason. Tupperware was fantastic, and that's why he's a politician now. Uh, but Hugh Freeze is fantastic with the media. He's very savvy. He knows what he's doing. He knows how it's going to be interpreted. Everything he does and everything he says in front of the cameras is intentional. He had a reason for that. And uh, uh, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I said, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to back you up because – I think that's, I think you're right, and I think if anybody go go watch, if you missed the Monday press conference and go watch, I think there's evidence of that. The answer that Hugh Freeze gave, where he went into the long spill about talent gap, was not a question about Auburn's program. It wasn't a question about Auburn's talent. It wasn't a question about A&M's talent. It was literally a question about third down defense. Hey, <laughs> they're really good. They're really good on third down defense. And he goes, in his answer, I'm trying to find it because he goes. Um, but, but this is a great opportunity for me to tell you what I want to tell you. Yep. Yes, exactly. He goes. He basically said, "Yeah, they're really good." And then right, and then he stopped. He said about four words, and then he goes, and he stopped and goes, "Let me just let's just be clear here, everybody. Let's just be real clear." And then he went into this spill about talent. So yeah, he absolutely was like, "I'm going to make sure and set the stage here for for what I want these fans to expect." And he did it on a question that had nothing to do with the programs and nothing to do with the talent gap and nothing to do with any of that. And he also, Justin, said, I, I'm too candid with you guys sometimes, honestly. 
which means to me he's not trying to pull one over on you. He this is what he is actually thinking in his head. This is what yeah. he he's saying the quiet part out loud somewhat, <laughs> where other coaches may not go there. Like, eh, you know, I, I'm, you know, we're, we're going to make it happen. Blah blah blah. He, he's going to say the quiet part out loud. He's going to let you know what he's thinking. He wants you to be sort of in his head with him so so we can all be on the same page. That's the way yeah. I interpret it. It's refreshing, man. It took me a few weeks. I kind of, I mean, really in the last few weeks, it's become clear. Because until then, you hear him talk, and until you see some results, you don't know. Like, you're like, he, he's talking, but I don't know exactly. But then you're watching how things are playing out on the field. You're watching the good and the bad of what this team is, and you're like, eh kind of lining up to what he said they were doing well and what they're not doing well. It, it, it really, it lines up with the concerns. Um, it really does. He's, and he's tough to please, man. I mean, he didn't come out there and say anybody played awesome. I mean, there's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he is, I mean, on, on the teleconference, he said Jay Fair is an excellent route runner, Javaris Johnson too. Uh, that's probably the highest praise he's given anybody. I mean, with Peyton Thorne, it's like he played solid. He 400 <laughs> yards, total yards. I mean, you know. 280 and 120, and he's like, he played solid. So he expects a lot, but he's pretty honest, too. I I, I think if people realize that, I mean, you I, I mean, you got to appreciate it. Definitely. Um, he's, he's so different from, like, you remember, Gus was, you know, everybody did great. Yeah. You know, um, he wasn't uh, – and, and here's the thing about Freeze. The biggest difference between Hugh Freeze and uh, Gus Malzahn um, – Chizik was a little bit this way too, but Hugh Freeze gives you headlines. Uh, Gus would just answer your questions very just, you know, it was like, you know, yeah, he's doing good. He's doing great. We're getting improvement. It was just like you're writing a notebook on, on the press conference. There was really nothing newsworthy. Hugh Freeze comes in there. He's got headlines for you. And it, it, if you don't, he's going to make sure you get one. That's to me, was exactly what he just did. He's making headlines there. With, I mean, that's the most talked about statement of the week. He made this statement on Monday. Here we are Friday morning, and everybody's still talking about it. Yep. Continuing to put pressure on Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I think that was a, a genius move. I really did. Completely did. taking it off Auburn. Now Auburn fans are what? Oh, you know, I hope we do it. You know, I hope we look good. Well, I mean, you know, I've always believed in something. I, I believe that you teach people how to treat you in a way. And, and I think that he does that with the Auburn fan base a little bit, at least right now, because it's because it's gotten ridiculous. It's gotten out of hand how 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 schools and universities are handling some of these head coaching jobs and giving them two years to try to rebuild a program. Yes, you have the transfer portal now, but my gosh, I mean, get you know, Billy Napier at Florida is a good example. It, all this bad press against him, and, and their team's not going to be very good. Well, they just wouldn't be the ranked Tennessee team. You give them a little time to see what's going to happen. I firmly believe that is still the way to do things, even though the times have changed. I think Hugh Freeze knows that fans can be unreasonable. Media can be unreasonable. Things can be unreasonable. Just hear me out is what he's trying to say. Hear me out. Let's, let's, let's work together here, and we'll, we'll get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's put he's put pressure on himself too. I mean, you go back to when he started. He said, you know, he kind of jokingly said, "Hey, I," you know, he, he talked about this first these first two recruiting classes being so important, and he said out loud, "He's like, I mean, if we don't get it done these first two years, I don't know. 
I mean, if we don't recruit well these first two years, then I don't know how long I'll be here, you know. I mean, he knows how important getting off to a good start recruiting-wise is, and he said that part out loud, too. So I think he's been sure fair, did. and that puts pressure on him. So I think he's been fair in um, putting pressure on himself and expectations, but also um, trying to be real with, with fans as well. Um, you know, he, he used that word, he used those words with recruits as well. The 2024, the 2023 and 2024 and some of 2025 will be the most, the, the two most important recruiting classes. He said that to us. He said that to recruits. He said that to anybody that would listen. These are the two classes that's going to make or break the future of older football under my leadership. And if, if you don't prove that you can beat an Alabama, a Georgia in recruiting, then you're not proving to fans that you can beat them on the field ever. And so far, he's he's beaten both of them for at least one recruit, and bought himself some time by doing so. In my in my opinion, bought uh, bought himself some leniency from the fan base a little bit. I think. I do too. Who do you guys think is is the most important player in this game? Um, Ooh, that's a good question for, for Auburn. I mean, you know, I wrote. I, 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 I wrote about the injuries a little bit in the primer that's up on AuburnLive.com. Um, you know, you're without Austin Keys and Keontae Scott. You may be without Cam Stutz. We'll see. You got a few guys banged up, Jalen McLeod being one of them. Um, and then obviously you got the guys that are healthy. I mean, who do you think are a guy or two? I'll, I'll give you mine while you all think about it since I sort of just popped it on you. It's probably not fair. I, I think Jalen McLeod is one. I don't. Hopefully he is getting healthier Auburn needs him to be an elite pass rusher. They don't have anybody like him. So if, if you're kind of the only guy on the team that's like you, you then you need to be healthy because they need you. Yes. Um, the other one was Kay and Lee. Mm. Especially in this game, A&M's got some good wideouts. DJ James will hold his own. Don't know if Pritchett will play. He, he's warmed up the last two games. I mean, at some point, you'd think he's, he'll leave the pads on and play. Um even if he does play, I think Kay Lee gets playing time and has to hold up. Of course, if Nehemiah doesn't play, it really puts a lot of pressure on Kay and Lee, true freshman, first SEC road game against Anaya Smith and Evan Stewart and Noah Thomas and some talented Texas A&M receivers. Kay and Lee is going to have to uh, hold his own. And then the third to me was Jay Fair. Um, you know, he's he's been Auburn's best receiver, and it's hard to imagine so far Auburn's passing game being – effective and productive if he's not a big part of it. I I mean, we'll see. Maybe other guys grow and develop, but to this point, it's hard to think Peyton throws for 225 if Jay Fair only has two catches. Hmm. I guess it could happen, but Jay Fair is just – he's got to keep playing well. Of course, he's from Texas, and so I think he'll be primed and ready to go. So I'm I'm kind of looking at Jalen McLeod, Kay and Lee, and, and Jay Fair as being three pretty important guys in in my mind. What What do you guys think? For me, it's pretty simple. Man, on the road, especially in the SEC, I said this before going to Cal, you cannot turn the freaking football over. You cannot turn the football over Peyton Thorne. Yeah. You can't. You can't. I, not one interception, especially in a in, in a, uh, a probable one-score game. So, for me, it's Peyton Thorne not turning the football over. I, I, that's bottom line for me. And, hey, listen, this is a tale as old as time, man. You can't go on the road and turn the football over. It's not like I'm breaking here freaking news here but it cannot be emphasized enough especially after what i think he had three turnovers at cal fumble and two interceptions 
he had two picks last week against Sanford. Is that right? He had uh, one pick. Uh, one pick against Cal. One pick. One in a fumble and then two picks against Sanford. Yeah, so four turnovers in two games. Yeah, that can't happen. That can't happen. Most important player, Peyton Thorne, not turning the damn ball over. I'll go with uh, – I got a few – I mean, Jalen Simpson pops in my mind, and the reason for that mm. is because he has caused a turnover in all three games this season. Um, can he do that again? That's number one because somebody's going to have to do it. Um, number two, he's playing safety, and – while that position may not be brand new to him, it is somewhat new, especially against a passing attack like this, because as good as Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher can be at calling plays, and they are, both of them are, every single play caller in the world has a tendency to harp on something, okay? For Hugh Freeze, it seems to be getting Robbie Ashford touches. Mm-hmm. For these two, they're going to throw it. They just... It's just in their DNA to throw the football, even if they're having success on the ground like I think they can against Auburn's front. They just have to throw the ball. They don't feel comfortable unless they're throwing the ball a certain amount of times a game. So if that's the case, if you can keep them underneath you, and that's Jalen Simpson and Zion Puckett's job, whoever's back there at safety, Auburn's got a chance to win this game. And, and again, like we said earlier, I don't know if they can win this game, but I do think they cover the spread of eight points, Auburn. I think they stay within eight. I really believe that. I think it's that kind of game. Um, and I think you can almost put Texas A&M in a situation that you were in against Cal if you keep them underneath and don't let them have these explosive plays. And then by all of a sudden, it's the middle of the third quarter and they haven't had a sustained drive. I think you can put them in the same situation if Jalen Simpson does his job and keeps the top on the defense. So he's number one for me. Yeah, Jalen's got three picks in three games. He's one of seven players in the country that has and a fumble recovery. so far this season. Yeah, and a fumble recovery. Uh, first player since Gerard Powers since 2007 to have three picks in three straight games. Um, Gerard Powers did that in in 2007. Um, I was just look when you were talking about turnovers. I was looking up. Um, you know, Auburn's forced um, was it seven seven turnovers? You know how many turnovers A M has forced this year? Two, only two. Not wow. not many. Not I was surprised. I'm looking at them. Going wow, they're they're dang wow. near they're 108. Only forced two turnovers in, in three games. Probably the most the the stat that stood out to me the most, and, and of course I put a lot of stock in their game against Miami because they played. Louisiana Monroe and New Mexico besides yeah. them. Yeah. So a lot of stock into that game. They had no sacks in that game. Hmm. With all these five stars and whatnot on their front, they couldn't get to him. Uh, and, and I don't know how good Miami's offensive line is, but, you know, that's interesting to say the least. And I, I've actually thought that Auburn's pass protection has been good. So those two things tell me that Peyton Thorne could have a pretty good game throwing the football. That's why I took the more earlier. Yeah, um, yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Uh, like I said, I think the opportunities will be there. I just don't know if this Auburn team is ready to take advantage of them because I, the teams they've played are just not the same thing as the SEC. I don't know. 
I think there will be some chances, um, but watching the receivers go off against Sanford doesn't mean I'm going to turn around and go, whoa, they got weapons all over the place now. Like, yeah. I mean, it was Sanford. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to take that and, and translate that over. And I've heard some people do that in the media. I've seen some people say Auburn's pass catchers and Auburn's receivers look really, really good. I'm like, I mean, I, against who? I mean, I mean, not yet. Jay Fairs look consistent and good. Who else? Rivaldo Fairweather is shined in a couple of games. We know what he can do. But I haven't seen a lot of consistency. Hugh Freeze is still going out, going out there saying that they're still not where they want to be route running and doing those kind of things. He's still not exactly pleased with where they are. So I just – you toss in on the road, 100-and-something thousand people at Kyle Field, I, I don't know. I don't know about Auburn's receivers. And if they're going to go out there and tune all that out and be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there for Peyton Thorne and – this offense to be efficient. I don't know. Maybe the opportunities will be there. I just don't know if they're good enough to take advantage yet. Well, I completely agree. The, the reason I think that A&M is an eight-point favorite, eight-and-a-half, whatever, is because there's a lot more known about them. Okay? For sure. The problem with Auburn is there's too many question marks, and you have to base everything on capability, and it's, it's just tough to do. If you're talking about capability, Roboto Fairweather is capable of winning his one-on-one matchups. Jay Fair is capable of getting open and making plays. Jarquez Hunter is capable of having a big game. I don't know if you can say that Auburn's defense is capable of stopping them for four quarters. You can't say that with confidence. I can say the first three things I said with confidence. I can't say that about Auburn's defense, and I have been very high on Ron Roberts, and I still am. I don't think anything would change my opinion about Ron Roberts in this game, no matter what happens. But Reality has it said, and at some point, and go look. They're dealing with these injuries. Keontae Scott's gone. Austin Keys, who was supposed to be this veteran, is gone. You know, we don't know how fully healthy Jalen McLeod is, who could be your X factor in this game. There's just too many things there that that it wouldn't be a good bet for people who make these lines or for people who are betting on this game to say Auburn can do this. That doesn't mean it can't happen. Capability is there on offense, and defense has played out of their minds the last couple of weeks, especially against California, when they needed it most. So it's just not enough to go, I, I'm betting on this. I'm betting on Auburn to win this game. There's not enough there. Yeah, you, you mentioned A&M's offense. They come in in the top 13 in the country in scoring offense, total points, and passing offense. Um, and their 10 total passing touchdowns is ninth in the country. So they've been pretty good on offense. Um, even in that loss, they were they were pretty good. They are pretty good on offense. I think the beginning of the game is just going to be big just for this team. I mean, the, the atmosphere, the environment, everything, they, they, need to, they need to go into halftime. This game needs to be tied, down a touchdown at worst. One score. Yeah, one score and, 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 and go, okay, all right. Weathered the storm. Got some things underneath this. They can't come out and be down fourteen nothing. Um, they could come back. It could come back from that, but that's not the direction they need to go, or it could get, or it could get ugly. Um, so, what are your thoughts? What do we thought on uh, on this one? I'll tell you what. I uh, one thing I do in the uh, the Connor Wegman uh, quarterback. Am I saying that right? Correctly, Cole. I've heard Wegman, Wegman, and Wegman. So yeah, whatever. That I said Wegman, but who knows? Uh, what I noticed from looking at his numbers through the first three games against, uh, what was it, New Mexico State, they're 18 of 23. I mean, he's very accurate, right? He was 25 for 29 last weekend, 
So he's very accurate. But those are against the uh, two lesser opponents. Against Miami, he was 31 of 53. He had uh, two interceptions. I think it's going to be a fantastic – something that we feel like is the strength of the team. Wigman. Wigman. Yeah. Really? really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> According to the pronunciation guy, the Texas A&M. Wigman. I'll be darned. How about that? Just take the E out, big dog. Come on. Uh, so I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup for Auburn's secondary. I think it's important to get that pass rush on him because, obviously, if you're not rushing him, he's very – I think he's 70% completion percentage, and that's with the 31-53 of 53 game against Miami. Like, he had five incompletions against uh, New Mexico State. He had four incompletions last week against Louisiana Monroe. So very accurate uh, passer if you give him time. However, he is prone to mistakes. He threw two interceptions against Miami. They got pressure on him. Um, and, uh, of course, I think he was playing from behind, wasn't he? Yeah. Miami, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, well, for most of the second half. Uh, I, I'm really – I think Cole put it – man, you just don't know what this team's really capable of, the Auburn team, right? I mean, you don't. We don't. We thought we did against UMass, and then you went and you saw a completely different team against Cal. And again, it was a midnight game. It was the West Coast. It was the travel, and somebody who just came from the West Coast two weeks prior. I know what it does physically to you. Um, so I don't know. I feel like that's an anomaly, uh, but still, I don't know if Auburn's ready to go into Texas A&M, into College Station, into the twelfth moon this early in the season and come out on top. I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I think if uh, Auburn doesn't turn the football over, they've got a very good chance to be on the winning end of that one-possession game. I just don't have a lot of confidence right now that they're going to. I think it's something around 27 to 20, um, something like that, 31-24. I think it's a seven-point game. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be Auburn with a chance to tie it or, or, or take the lead there at the end and they just can't, or if that's Auburn scoring a touchdown late to make it closer than than it appeared. Um, but I, I would be – listen, I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn won. I really wouldn't because I don't really know what this team can do. I just don't have – they haven't given me any reason to believe or any reason to have confidence that they can go to Texas A&M and come out of there with a win. Not yet. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I've got it. Twenty-seven, twenty-ish. A and M. Yeah. The under fifty and a half. I think is the over under. Yes. It's a little under that. Yeah. Even though A and M, they can light it up now. Yeah, they can. They can score some points. Yeah, they do on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go well. What do you think, Cole? Well, Connor Wigman bothers me a little bit because I watched them get pressured time and time again against Miami. As I rewatched that game. And I watched it live, and I kept thinking, man, I mean, he'd take a hit. That is not a problem for him. Uh, and he's not one of these guys that you're going to get off of his mark. In other words, a lot of times when you send a blitz, you're, work, you're, you're not necessarily trying to get him on the ground, but necessarily get him off his mark, and then his accuracy goes down. This guy stands in. He takes it on the chin. He takes it in the mouth. doesn't matter. He, he got no problem with it. And Auburn has not gotten home enough, in my opinion, on the blitz and on the on the pass rush. So that scares me a lot. And that's the number one thing that I'm worried about going in this game. Um, but I do like Auburn secondary and think they can make some big plays. So I think the line of seven, eight, whatever it is, about a touchdown, 
is actually giving Hugh Freeze a little bit of credit mm. because the, the odds makers are looking at Auburn and going, I just don't know what they are, but Hugh Freeze is pretty good. So maybe he'll have them ready. I think that's what the line says to me. I think they keep it within eight. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to say it's a very close loss just because I can't, I can't predict a win for this one, unfortunately. I wish I could. I want to, but I'm going to say um, 28-24 A&M. Well, Gus Melzahn never lost at Kyle Field. It's 4-0. Brian Harson lost there in, in 21. Auburn's 4-1 there since the, the uh, A&M joined the league in 2012. So Auburn's played well there. Um the last three games in this series, Auburn has failed to, to top 20 points. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's been a minute since they put up, you know, 28, 30 points plus against Texas A&M. It would be a massive, massive win because this is probably, I mean, A&M, A&M's loaded with talent, but I would say most people think Ole Miss is probably a better football team at this, at this point. So you're talking about this is potentially the worst team you're going to play in the next four. Um, so, I mean, getting a win would be huge. This one or the Arkansas is how you get to seven, maybe eight, but it, this is how you get to seven or eight, you, A&M or Arkansas. Um, you you got to win one. So it would be huge. I just – I don't see it. I think Auburn will have opportunities. I think there will be chances. I think, I think mid-third quarter this is still a game. I think late third quarter this is still a game. I think A&M pulls away a little bit and wins like 31-20. I think I think they score some late third quarter, maybe early fourth quarter. They push it to ten or something like that, and then it becomes real tough for Auburn. Um, but I think there will be those opportunities in the first half and 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 and, and midway through that third quarter. I think there will be opportunities there for Auburn to to make plays to stay in this thing. But I do like A and M to maybe maybe it's close. They score a touchdown, stretch it to ten, and and end up winning something like something like 31 to 20. But I do think it's going to be one of those games where you look back and there's a handful of plays early, certainly yeah. first two and a half quarters, that if they can go Auburn's way, can can flip the script like a, like a quick start, a fast start, get a turnover, get a big play, go out there and go up 7 nothing, Go out there and go up 14-7. I mean, that would buy you – I mean, you can, if you can go out there and jump out to a lead, that changes everything can really buy you time for the rest of the game. Put a little pressure on, on Connor Wigman. Um Lean on your running game maybe a little bit. Take some pressure off of Peyton Thorne if you can get a lead, something like that. But the the one thing I'll say, if Auburn does get down 10, you've seen from Peyton Thorne, you saw a little bit in Sanford when they went hurry up. You saw that last possession against Cal. He he seems comfortable in going really fast and saying, all right, we've got back against the wall. Let's start to sling it a little bit. I think he's comfortable in those situations. So if Auburn does get down two touchdowns early, or even is down 10 points with 10 minutes, I don't think Peyton Thorne will be rattled. Like, I think he'll be comfortable and, and, and can put some things together to keep you in the game. That's, that's the good thing. But I do, see, I, I do see A&M covering just by a few points. Zach, in the back with uh, the Auburn upset, 23-20. He said, he, 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 he said he'll be delusional and go with that. Okay. <laughs> Man, that would be that would be um, I, I, Auburn's defense going into the year is what we all thought was the weak point. Like, mm-hmm. well, offense has got chance, but the defense, boy, they're just not there yet. Depth isn't there. Defense has been surprisingly consistent. They go mm-hmm. to A and M and hold hold 
Connor Wigman and Bobby Petrino and the weapons they have on offense, they go hold them to 20 points. And I will absolutely be a believer in what this defense can do. Without Keontae Scott, then I will be a believer in Ron Roberts and this defense for the rest of the year. You go do that, and I'll be like, okay, they're good. They're good. I, 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 there's there's something I, I know and I can lean on a little bit. That would be really, really right. encouraging and surprising. I'm not sure they can do it, but dang, that'd be impressive. We'll find out soon enough, man. Early kickoff. Love it. 11 a.m. Saturday, early kickoff. Um, should be some, some good games. Florida State Clemson's at 11 a.m. That'll be a great one. Um, who else we got? I'm with Florida you on that one, Cole. Oh, Clemson beating mm-hmm. Florida State? Well, look, I, I hit two out of my three upset predictions last week. Um, and it was BYU over Arkansas and Missouri over Kansas State. And, and I, like I said in that thread, the more logic I tend to use when trying to pick these upsets, the worse I do every time. So maybe that's the case with Auburn. We'll see. But, um, yeah, my upset picks this week, if y'all are interested, are Clemson over Florida State, as Jeffrey, you agree. I have <laughs> I have the University of Texas San Antonio beating Tennessee. Look, I'll own it. I'll own it. It's going to be tough. And Mississippi State over South Carolina. Ooh. Where's that one? In Columbia? I think it is. Yeah. That would be surprising. Clemson, to me, is like – Mississippi State was a mess last week. Yeah, it was bad. That means they've got nowhere to go but up, right? (laughs) You saw what Florida did against Utah, and then they turn around and beat Tennessee? Was that – Yep. That's that's kind of where – Where's the logic in that? That's where I see Clemson being so bad against uh, Duke. And then they'll turn around and beat Florida State at home. Sure, it could happen. I, I could definitely see that. So I'm I'm with you on that one. I think that's a uh, one, one of the few games Florida State has a chance to lose. So if somebody's going to get them, good pick, Zach. It better be there. Zach says Notre Dame over Ohio State by ten plus double digits. I like it. Hmm. They can score Notre Dame and Ohio State's look. Hmm. Pedestrian. I forgot that game was this weekend. Damn, that's a good one. I'm glad it's late. A lot of good uh, games. Ole Miss Penn State, Penn State, Iowa. Penn State, Iowa's a pair of ranked teams. UCLA, Utah's a pair of ranked teams. Um, what time's Bama? Ole Miss. Is it 2.30? I'm assuming. 2.30, Alabama, six-and-a-half point favorite. What do you guys think happens there? You, I mean, Lane Kiffin's talked all week about knowing the defense and all that trolling. Do, there's a lot of people, I don't know if it's bias or just wishful thinking, that think Alabama's going to – Put it together, like all right, they got they got some stuff out of the way. Milrose, their guy, and they they might come out there and look a little different different against Ole Miss. It's just a better bet to say that they will. I mean, you know, That's the easy answer, right? Never bet against Bama. It was just so yeah. ugly in Tampa. My gosh, that was. I will say this: I do feel like they chose the right. I feel like Milrose yeah. is probably the best quarterback on the team. Yes, I think uh, so. he had. He he's he can be dangerous. He's not uh, he's not your intermediate guy. At least I haven't seen him be that intermediate guy. We talked about him a couple of times. I just don't know that he can read a defense very well. But yeah. as far as his legs and his deep ball, and uh, giving them a, the better chance to win, I think they picked the right guy. Which for Auburn kind of sucks. Just hoping they pick somebody else. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, put Simpson back in there. If there were ever a year that Lane Kiffin were to beat. Alabama, this is it. Where is that game? Tuscaloosa. Nah, I'm sorry, but that's a, that's a win-win for Auburn fans, right? I, I just whoever wins, <laughs> whoever loses that game, hooray! 
No, I, I, I really believe that um, they would they would pick Ole Miss and pull for Ole Miss. Okay. Well, if Ole Miss loses that one, uh, those fans real quickly will remember um, how Lane messed around at the end of the, that year. That'll come right back up, um, <laughs> and they'll be they'll be unhappy again. Um, yeah, UCLA Utah that'll be a good one. Uh, Two thirty game as well. I mean, Utah wins that one. They're a top ten team. So now you look at Florida and you go, well, your losses on the road, first game to a top ten team, like that looks a lot different. And then of course Colorado at Oregon will get all kinds of attention at two thirty on ABC. Bo Nix tries to get the Heisman trying to it. Bo Nix is a Heisman favorite. I mean, one of those guys you talked about. I think he's fallen down the list a little bit. You beat Colorado and Shadur Sanders and Deion Sanders. You beat them by twenty seven by seventeen. Uh, on 230 national television, and Bo Nix will be right back up there in the top three or four guys when you're talking about the Heisman. Yep. Oregon State, Washington State. Geez, two more ranked teams in the Pac-12. So a bunch of ranked, ranked games this weekend. Should be a good slate of games. Arkansas at LSU as well in the SEC. Um, man, yeah. so good. Oklahoma goes to Cincinnati. I don't know where Cincinnati's at without Luke Fickle. I don't know if they're they're two and one, but that's a weird game. Oklahoma at Cincinnati's even. Um, even an odd one. So, good slate of games. Um, should be a fun Saturday. Check out Auburn, Texas A&M, 11 a.m. ESPN, um, and then a bunch of good games all week. Go to auburnlive.com for coverage of that game and recruiting coverage, obviously, as always, um, as we keep it rolling. One dollar for one month at auburnlive.com. Go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe. If you're watching us there, subscribe, please. Uh, turn on notifications, all that good stuff, so that when content goes up, you're you're immediately aware of it. Um, That would be awesome as well. All right, let's roll for Jeffrey Cole. I'm Justin. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.